stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Dodgers Nation, Doug McCain here. I'm here with the boys. We're here for another episode of Roundtable. We swapped out the Aaron Judge TV model for the Jose Altuve model. Yes, it's a smaller TV, but we're going to replace that. But here, we are here for another exciting show. And on today's show, we've got some great topics to dive into. Today, we're going to talk about Mookie Betts. Can Mookie Betts win the MVP this season? Is there a chance it's going to happen? How hot is he in the month of May? And also, what's going on with Walker Buehler? What's up with Walker? And is he still the ace of the Dodgers? Can they still count on him to be that guy in the postseason? And also, would we go back and redo the Max Scherzer and Trey Turner trade for Caber Ruiz and Josiah Gray? And then finally, do you support throwing baseballs back onto the field when it's hit by an opponent? So lots of topics to dive into, and I want your takes on all those questions as well down below. But we're going to dive right into this, guys, and we're going to talk about Mookie Betts. MLB is on fire right now. There was a lot of talk. Oh, he's struggling. You saw in the month of April, a 731 OPS, just three home runs. The internet was going crazy saying, oh, he's struggling because he's not eating meat. And then he debunks that myth. And then now he's just going ham. Eric, you know I bring my facts to the fight, so I want to read you off some numbers. In the month of May, an 1161 OPS. That ranks fifth in all of Major League Baseball. Nine home runs, that's second. 24 ribbies, that's second. 25 runs, that's first. A 221 WRC+, plus, that's eighth. And then also a 2F4. He has been going crazy so hot. You could cook a, you could basically fry an egg off his bat right now. He is hotter than the devil's armpit. But my question for you is: It's Got early, in there. <laughs> but after a slow start, Mookie Betts has caught fire and he's back to playing at an MVP level. Do you think that right now he's the front runner to win the MVP in the National League? And also, what percentage chance would you give him of taking home that award? I mean, Mookie Betts is hot enough to reverse sear a T-bone steak right now. 42 ounces right on the Weber. Look, Mookie <laughs> Betts, I think, has a 40% chance of winning the MVP, which is pretty damn high. I look today. My bookie has him at the third highest odds at plus 900 right now, as of today, uh, the NL MVP, to win the NL MVP. I mean, he is the Dodgers' Mike Trout. There is nothing he cannot do on the field. And unlike Mike Trout, he actually has an arm. You've seen the outfield assist this year. There is nothing he cannot do on the baseball field. I think he's one of the best five-tool players in baseball. I think this is why you can make the argument that he is the best player in all of baseball. Yeah, he's been fantastic. And I want to ask you, Clint, I think what we've seen in the month of May is the power surge. Yeah. Nine bombs from Mookie Betts. His career high for home runs is 32, which he hit back in 2018 in his other MVP season. Good year for him. It was a great year. He's on pace right now to hit 46 bombs over or under 40 home runs this year for Mookie Betts. 
I'm going to take the over because why not? I will remind everybody, I think I'm the first one of these roundtables. Mookie Betts was my MVP. He was my MVP pick for the 2022 season in the National League. He's got one bit of competition right now at the quarter pole of the season. That's Manny Machado, who if you haven't seen his numbers, the dude is absolutely raking right now. But you can't not love what Mookie Betts is doing right now. And it all comes down to it's, it's not the meat. It's not the vegan diet. It's he's having fun. He's enjoying it. You could see it on the field. And the fact that he had to sit in uh, Wednesday afternoon's game. Uh, I, I don't know how you sit when you're on that kind of streak. Yeah, and one, I got to give him all the credit in the world. He did say that. He did have Mookie Betts as his MVP. And I think right now the M in Mookie stands for MVP. And you mentioned Manny Machado. That is his biggest competition yep. right now in the National League. He's the On only fire. guy that's accrued more war than Mookie. But also Manny, a 416 BABIP so far this season. He is due for some re regression. We might see some Manny Mafrado at some point <laughs> this season. But no, I got to give Manny a lot of credit. He's been fantastic this season. But I want to move on and talk about Walker Bueller because last night another shaky start for Butane and if you look at his numbers this year he's just not the same guy when you look at his fastball usage when you look at the velocity of his heater and so far this season Walker Bueller just hasn't been the same pitcher that he was when he was dominant now what do you guys think when it comes to Walker Bueller as far as can he still be that guy for the Dodgers in the postseason will we ever see the dominant Walker Bueller ever again at, or at this point should we just accept this version of butane i think i think we can still count on that that version of playoff walker bueller i think right now he's probably i in my in my book the best postseason pitcher in baseball right now i love what he brings i think the track record is there and i say it a lot but it all started with that game 163 against the rockies that was his coronation there's a reason he's the ace of this staff and look the regular season has looked different this year i think it's going to continue to look different and, you know, we're, we're, we talk about it a little bit, but look, since they've banned the sticky stuff, Walker Bueller's not been the same guy, but he still has Ooh. so much talent that he can still be an effective pitcher. And is he, are we going to see like a sub two ERA season from Walker Bueller? Probably not. But does he still have the stuff and the ability to get outs like a lot of other top shelf pitchers? Absolutely. He can still be a playoff dynamo. I would bet a lot on that. Yeah, and I think when you look at that fastball, I mean, opponents are treating that fastball like a pinata this season. They are hitting it early. They're hitting it often. They're very aggressive. They're trying to ambush that heater. And if you look at this year, 367 off his fastball. He's in the 54th percentile in fastball velocity, a 629 X slug. And you also see he's not missing bats. The strikeout numbers have gone down. But, Clint, I want to ask you, what, do you, what is your take on Walker Buehler? Do you like the evolution of him? Do you think this could help him in the long run consider? that he's not the same guy when it comes to a dominant pitcher, but you're seeing him becoming more of a pitcher than a thrower. I mean, what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, I said that a couple weeks ago. Right now we got the great mystery. Sorry, that was loud. The great mystery that is Walker Bueller. It, he, he's a dude who came up living on that fastball, living on the strikeout ball, and now, right now especially, they're not there. He's going to find a way to put it together. He's going to piece together a quality season but like I was saying before, we said a few weeks ago, he's at the evolution point of turning from a thrower into a pitcher, and that's that's tough to go through. He did a little bit of that in 2021, stayed in the games longer, it made it eclipsed that 200-inning pitch mark, which he wanted to do. But uh, as of right now, um, I don't know if we're doing worry. We said worry a couple weeks ago. I'm not worried about him yet. Um, you, know, you could argue he's 
maybe one of, you know, Eric and I were talking about this, one of the more undervalued pitchers in baseball right now. But the reason we're talking so much about him is because the, the, expectations. the expectations are so high for Walker Bueller. Uh, and, you know, it's an evolution season for him right now. Give him time. And I think at the end of the year, you got 162 game season. You're going to see a fine season out of Walker Bueller. Yeah, and I agree with you 100%. I think that you brought up a great point when it comes to those expectations. I mean, when he came up in, 90, in 2017, 2018, you saw yeah. what he was able to do. He's hitting triple digits. He's yeah. mowing guys down. You saw the mound presence back then. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that wanted to get those punchies. But you're also, you mentioned the sticky stuff, and you just can't yeah. not mention that. The spin rate is down Way pretty down. significantly. Isn't he, isn't he averaging like 2,300? Like 20, or, yeah, almost 2,300 yeah. on yeah. that spin rate. I'm not saying he's a sticky stuff merchant, but... But you're also seeing a velocity dip. When that velocity dips, you also yeah. see a drop in spin. But I think credit to Walker Buehler. Yesterday, you saw him make some in-game adjustments. You saw him mm-hmm. go less with the hard stuff and more with the off-speed stuff. And all six of his hits yesterday were on that hard stuff. And I think when it comes to Buehler, a lot of people focus on the velocity drop. And yes, there has been a dip in velocity, but it is the command. And like I always say, if you want to be the man, you have to have the command. And I think Walker Buehler, as long as he's hitting his spots and he's locating, he can still use that cutter and knuckle curve he's a guy that's always tinkering but yeah like I said earlier in the year he's gone from a Lamborghini to a hybrid <laughs> Porsche he's more of a hybrid guy he still has Chevron with Tecron but it's not Supreme not Plus it's just yeah. Supreme so I still have faith in Walker Buehler I still think he can be that guy because he does have that compete <laughs> that we like to talk about he's got that fire inside depth of him to the but, slider. depth of the slider yeah <laughs> the depth of the fingers but, I mean, hey, let's be honest. I mean, the, the big question is, can he be that number one ace-level guy, a guy that can really carry a team throughout yeah. the postseason? That's why my next question is, when it comes to the Dodgers possibly looking to adding a starting pitcher to this rotation via trade, when it comes to going to the market, do you think the Dodgers making a trade at this point is more of a necessity or a luxury? I think it's a necessity, and I love Clayton Kershaw, my favorite Dodger of all time. That's always my disclaimer when I'm about to say something negative about him, but we're already <laughs> seeing that he's not a guarantee to pitch consistently in this season. That's why his, his contract is so incentive-laden based upon games started. They're going to need another arm. Um, I think Tyler Anderson is probably pitching a little above his weight right now. I, you know, I think he's had some nice outings, but it probably isn't truly who he is. They're going to need another arm in there. Um, you know, I don't even think Trevor Bauer factors into this equation at all. Just throw that out there. But I do think they're going to have to make a move for a Frankie Montas or a Luis Castillo. They're going to need some other guy because you've seen this duct tape rotation. Eventually, it's going to fall apart. It's only May, and they're relying on guys like Michael Grove and Ryan Pepio to make starts Friend for them. of the show. Yeah, and I think that's a fantastic point. There's not a lot of margin for error. When you talk about Clayton Kershaw's injury, can they depend on him? You saw how Walker Buehler and Julio Arias have looked at this point. You mentioned those names, Frankie Montaz. You know I call him Filthy Frankie. I'd love to see him on the Dodgers, as well as Luis Castillo. But there isn't that ace-level guy, that Max Scherzer-level guy that has that doesn't have a lot of team control left. I've talked about Nathan Eovaldi. You look at his home runs per nine, it's almost at three. And that's one thing we can say about Walker Buehler this year is he's keeping it in the yard. A .51 home runs per nine. That's good for 12th in the league. One name I want to keep my eye on is Pablo Lopez of the Miami Marlins. He's a guy, a 204 uh, ERA, a 286 FIP. Not the high velocity guy. Use that changeup. But if the Dodgers are looking for someone that can help him not only this year, but maybe next year that he's still young and you can part way with some of those prospects, I think he's a name to consider. But Clint, what's your take on that? Do the Dodgers? I I don't think they need that. They don't need that guy. They don't need 
need somebody that's going to help them into next year. They have that. They have Pepio. They have Grove. Uh, Mike, uh, Bobby Miller is not that far off. They have dudes who can help them. They have opportunities to, to, to make a splash in free agency in the offseason. You and I talked about this on, on Blue Heaven a couple weeks ago. They don't need... And I don't think they're going to go out for a frontline guy. They don't need that number two, number three postseason starter. The whole point of that Kershaw contract and bringing him back is you want to keep him healthy. You want to, you need him for the postseason. They're going to make it to the postseason. That's what the Los Angeles Dodgers do. Just don't overwork Walker and Julio until then you find a guy who can get you some innings, who can be a number five, number six guy. Um, once again, not enough love given to Tony Gonsolin. We don't know if, his, if the clock's going to strike midnight at some point with him, but to to make sure, to ensure there's some help to get them through the dog days of summer until a Danny Duffy can come back, until a Dustin May can come back and help. And then all of a sudden you get in the postseason, Dustin May is your opener, get two innings out of him, and you're locked in for justice en route to the second World Series championship in two years, three years. Well, I think, too, another, another thing that we also talked about is the guy, the, that frontline starter isn't available yet. Not yet, absolutely There probably not. is a team in the next month that's going to figure out that they are nowhere close to winning the World Series, and that guy may be on the trading block. And that's when, if the Dodgers want to, with GM Brandon Gomes and team president Andrew Friedman, if they want to make that move, they have the prospect depth to do it. They have the number one farm system in baseball. Big time Brandon Gomes podcast here. Love yeah. the guy. I mean, hey, I agree with you. I mean, mate, what if the uh, the Giants, they falter big time, the Dodgers get Carlos Rodon? I mean, who knows? Maybe they call every team in the league. I mean, <laughs> what? You, you just never know. I mean, like when it comes to this Dodgers team, uh, in my opinion, I think it's pretty simple. I think if the Dodgers don't make a trade for a starting pitcher, they won't win the World Series. I think that at this point, we saw how heavily they leaned on Julio last year, yep. how heavily they leaned on Walker Buehler last year. Mm-hmm. Clay and Kershaw's injury history goes you, down. Yeah had some big learning lessons last year too just let at this point let julio start let walker start don't try to do dumb shit in the postseason let them be your guys because you need him they had the luxury in 2020 of being able to have this utility role but when you entered the postseason in 2021 julio was your number two guy leave him in there or who's number three guy leave him in the rotation don't do stupid things anyways yeah we could probably do a whole show on this one but uh yeah to me we'll we'll move on but uh (laughs) yeah i think at this point the revelations of tyler anderson we'll see how andrew heaney pitches when he comes back i don't want to mention but uh, trevor bauer we had jeff passing talking about him possibly getting a suspension reduced so we'll see and like you said the market will start to take shape around june and july so wait for that In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. But moving on, of course, the Dodgers, they're taking on the Trashinals, or I call them the Fighting Walgreenses. And <laughs> it reminds me of the trade last season, the blockbuster deal where the Dodgers sent their top two prospects in Cabert Ruiz and Josiah Gray for Max Scherzer <laughs> and Trey Turner. Now, yep. of course, Max Scherzer, he was lights out for the Dodgers. He carried them into the postseason. He was uh, the odds on fair to take home the Cy Young at one point. He got his 3,000 strikeout. Yep. Then his arm, unfortunately, passed away 
in the postseason. He made a business decision. Trey Turner was excellent. But at the end of the day, Dodgers didn't win the World Series. So looking back, would you do the deal again if you were the Dodgers knowing the outcome of the 2021 postseason? I would. I, I also, too, with the disclaimer that I think you got to wait a few years for a trade like this to really grade it, right? I mean, these are two prospects. We have no idea what the future holds for Josiah Gray and Cabo Ruiz. So if they turn out, if Cabo Ruiz turns out to be Salvador Perez uh, and Josiah Gray is a multi-time all-star, wins a Cy Young, then yeah, I think we'll probably think about this trade a little differently. But they made a great trade at the time for what they needed right now. Mm-hmm. And I would still make the trade. When you have the opportunity to get a pair of all-stars, the second best pitcher of his generation besides his t- teammate Clayton Kershaw, you go out and do it. It's what they needed. I applaud the front office for doing that. To have the resolve to make a trade like that, there's not many organizations that would go out there and do that. And also, they still have Trey Turner, who I think is one of the best uh, shortstops in all baseball. (laughs) So you go back, you make that move again. How about you, Clayton? It's a great move. You had to make that move. I don't regret it at all. I mean, you traded two kind of non-factors in the team thinking from 2021. And look... Kybert, 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 great player, was not going to ever usurp Will Smith as a starting catcher. This wasn't going to be a Russell Martin, Deanna Navarro situation. Shout out (laughs) to Deanna Navarro. Wow, what a pull. Shout out 2006. Um, It was, sure, you traded your number one, number two guy uh, from your top prospects, but we know, Dodger fans that know the deep, uh, deeper throws of the system or rungs of the system or whatever, there are some guys that are right there who are going to be knocking on that that top 100 Baseball America list this year. Just wait until that midseason update comes out. You're going to have the Bobby Millers. you got your Landon Knacks. you got enough arms to help you out there. you got a Michael Bush if you need a bat who's who can get the job done, maybe not play the best defense. He's not as important as a catcher, but you got a lot of options, uh, and it was the right move. You filled the need. Uh, they needed some help to not murder Walker and Julio. So you bring in another arm because you lost two, two uh, key parts of your – three key parts of your rotation in the span of three months with Dustin May, Bauer, and then, uh, of course, Kershaw. So heartbeat. And it's still paying dividends today. You got Trey Turner. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, to me, it was a easy move for the Dodgers to make. I would do it every single day of the week and twice on Sunday because that is why you have a farm system that you develop prospects in. That's why you have those chips to cash them in and go for it all. Mm-hmm. And also when you consider this, what did Max Scherzer and Trey Turner lead to? They led to the Dodgers tying the franchise record with 106 wins. Yep. Also led to the wild card game. Who pitched in that game? It was Max Scherzer. He kept the, the Cardinals at bay, which led to the Chris Taylor walk-off shot. You saw the Dodgers mm-hmm. beat the San Francisco Giants in the NLDS, the team that ended the Dodgers' eight-year division winning streak. Yep. And where they beat them? They beat them in San Francisco on a controversial call. Who gets the final save? It was Max Scherzer. So if you're not going to win the World Series, beating the San Francisco Giants in the NLDS to me is a really nice a consolation prize and also you factor in two i love how they won controversially it's the san Francisco cryants and they're still crying out there they're still pissed about the move they're still big mad about the move and i just love there was some controversy in that so i definitely would make that move again now final question we're going to switch gears here and we're going to talk about some fun stuff now if you guys saw yesterday the fan tried to catch that mookie bets ball <laughs> and he was so depressed and then mookie this morning he said he was going to get him a ball and by the way 
Mookie Betts, MVP on the field and off the field. Absolutely. He's a great guy. But it just got me thinking. I want to ask you guys this question. Would you um, Throwing an opponent's home run ball back after you catch it, yes or no on that? Are you for throwing the home run ball back, or should you keep the ball? What's your take, Eric? I think the big line of demarcation here is you throwing it overhand to try to hit a player or are you just rolling it back on the field underhand. And I think the folks at Wrigley do a nice job of some of the times rolling it underhand, but for the Yankees folks, throwing the ball at the player. I've never seen anybody roll it underhand. Yeah, they do a nice toss. I've seen it. I've seen it. Wrigley fans aren't nice. That's where the trade is. They're nicer than Yankees. When you're throwing the ball at the player, you should. That is absolutely a no go for me. If you yeah, want to do it, if you want to Boston crap. If if you want to do it respectfully, and in my opinion, that's doing it underhand, away from the players. That's fine. But if you're going to chuck it because you're four tall cans of Pacifico deep that you overpaid for, that is not right. Keistered in a four loco while you're at it. Look, yeah. never. Baseballs are expensive. Have you guys ever been to like top of the park at Dodger Stadium and looked at an actual game ball? It's like 20, 30. I don't even know what it is anymore. Back in my day, you can get them for like 26 bucks. Uh, those are expensive. Keep it, treasure it, you know, or give it to a kid. Yeah, give it, give that's me it to my, the kid is, is yeah. a nice cure all. Yeah, take. I think that's really my dream too because I've been to countless number of baseball games in my life. Really, I've never come close to catching a home run ball. Never came <laughs> close, and I've sat in the pavilion tons of times. And like you mentioned, it'd be so great to just be in the stands, catch that home home run ball, yeah. find the nearest kid, and then ask his parents how much they'd pay for the ball. So I think that'd be a great moment. But to me, I think I would. De- I'm a definitely a guy that is saying keep the ball. I mean, you saw Miguel Cabrera; he hit a home run at Dodger Stadium, mm-hmm. and the fan throws it back. I don't know about you guys. I'm keeping the ball, yeah, especially if it's a Hall of Famer. It's a Miggy Cabrera ball. I, yeah. But I do think they, if you're going to throw anything on the field, throw Zach Hample. Throw him on the field along with every baseball he's ever caught. So, to me, I think it depends on the situation. But I'm definitely pro-keep the ball. But, gentlemen, thanks, as always, for another fantastic roundtable. Your expertise is always appreciated. And I want to know from you guys. Let us know down below in the comments your takes on these questions as well. Will Mookie Betts win the MVP? What is your percentage chance that Marcus Lynn Betts will be the first person to win MVPs in both leagues since Frank Robinson did it in 1961 and 1966? Will Mookie make history this year? Also, what's up with Walker Beeler? Do you think the Dodgers need to make a trade for another starting pitcher? And yes or no, throwing the home run ball back if it's hit by an opponent. Let us know down below in the comment section. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. His name to my left is Eric Hulo. You can follow him at E-E-U-L-A-U. How'd I do? Yeah, you did great. Right. There you we great. go. You hit it out of the park. Scripted it. Scripted there it. There we go. Crushed it. And then, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Clint Pasillas. You can lock him in for justice at Real FRG. But uh, we'll see you guys next week. As always, think blue, bleed blue, and we out. stadium their silence is deafening 136 israelis are still being held hostage by hamas bring them home you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.